Life Audio. Are you tired of the communication problems in your relationship? Don't you wish there was some sort of a cheat sheet that could help you to learn how to de-escalate arguments quickly? Well, friend, I have just the resource for you. I've created a resource called Heart to Heart Conversation Starters for Couples in Conflict. This is not only going to help you to de-escalate those arguments, but it's also going to help you learn how to stop pointing fingers and find common ground. Get your free guide today at danashay.com forward slash conversation starters. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash conversation starters. Be on your way today to better communication in your relationship. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Dana Shea. Welcome to the show today. I'm so happy to have you here on Real Relationship Talk. And I am so happy to have our guests with us today, Gary and Tamara Andres. I've known Tamara for several years. I was actually talking in the podcast to her, like, how many years have we known each other? How did we actually meet? You ever have those people who are like, where did I actually meet you? I remember us sitting in a vegan restaurant, the two of us talking and laughing like we'd known each other for all of our lives. And when I learned a little bit about Tamara's story, especially her marriage story, I knew that I wanted to have her and her hubby on the show. Problem is her husband didn't get the memo. So (laughs) he kind of took a little bit of time to agree to this, but he agreed. And the conversation that we had is so rich, you guys. They are so vulnerable and so open. And we are talking all about infidelity. We are talking about boundaries. We are talking about over-sexualization of women. We have it all in here in this episode. One of the things that I want you to walk away from this episode knowing is that you choose, period. You choose. You get to choose. There's so many things in life that we feel like we are victims of, or maybe we feel like, I wish I could have this marriage, or I wish I had this kind of relationship, or I wish that my business would blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, you get to choose. And I hope that that is really the thing that you walk away with today. Not only do you get to choose, but choose. Do the work. Whatever the work looks like in your particular marriage, in your particular relationship, in your particular life, do the work. So without any further ado, I am introducing you to my friends, Gary and Tamara Andres. Now I have to give you guys a little bit of backstory because I asked Tamara and Gary to be on the show probably a year plus ago. (laughs) And Tamara was like, sure, but I don't know if Gary's going to want to come on the show, which is typical. Sean's the same way, right? He's like, ah, why do I have to do a podcast? (laughs) So the fact that Gary is here today is a miracle in and of itself. (laughs) And really what's the biggest miracle though, is their marriage. And we're going to just talk today, just plainly conversationally about the restoration story that God has brought them in their marriage. So Gary, Tamara, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so honored and excited. I love putting him in spaces like this. It's so fun. (laughs) And he he drops so much wisdom in the process. And so it's not something we're like trying to put him in a place where he doesn't belong. He's got so much to share. So I'm excited. He does. And it's the fact that you guys have walked through it. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing if you write a book, if you'd, you know, listened to other podcasts, but the fact that this is your living testimony is what makes you, Gary, like the perfect person to talk about your story and you too, Tamara. So let's backtrack. I just want to let everybody know how I know you. So Tamara and I met 
oh geez, maybe three, four years ago. Yeah, I think it was four. Pre COVID. Yeah, yeah more than five yeah. years ago. And Tamara is just a business coach extraordinaire. She is the founder of Founder Collective and Fit and Faith Media. Tamara has helped entrepreneurs all over the world to scale their businesses. And Gary is also an entrepreneur. So we have two entrepreneurs who are married to one another. We're definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> and Tamara, you have helped so many people go from idea, like ideation to success story over and over and over. This is what you do. Tell me about in your own relationship, right? Like you're, you're helping everybody else solve their problems and you're helping everybody else scale and improve on their lives. But at home, things were always going so well. So tell us a little bit about how, first of all, your you and Gary came together. And then how did you manage the fact that, again, things were kind of going great on the business side, but not so great at home? Yeah, well, I would have to back up because I've only been able to be able to support other people well when we got well. So even though I've been an entrepreneur for 16 years, there was a long stretch of that entrepreneurial journey where I was really focused only on me and not other people. And I was building businesses for me. Uh, and I say even me, um, he was he and I have been together since I was 21, but it was very success driven, achievement driven, perfection driven, that societal like um, norm of the American dream. And when I was working in that way, in that hustle hard mentality, I was in a state of suicidal ideation. I was depressed. I was void. I was anxious. I was never really satisfied. And I know even saying that out loud, I'm like, gosh, how, how isolating that must feel for him. Because from the outside looking in, as joyful as you see me now, I was smiling. I seemed happy. Um, we had two kids together at that point. And it was just like literally checking boxes is what I felt like life was. And so it was when I was 29, you were 33 at that point, 32. Yeah. And um, I came home one day and I refer to this moment that changed everything and catalyzed us into our healing. Um, it's called like a tombstone moment where I had this visual of my tombstone and all it said on it was entrepreneur. And mm. I was not a diehard, like Jesus following Christian at the time. I knew God, but I didn't have that relationship with the Lord. So I always had hoped that I would be a good wife and a good mom. And I was living this life that I, I wanted, but parts of it were just not the fulfillment of who I was meant to be inside of it. So I was not yet earning wife, child of God for sure, or a good mom, which is what most tombstones stay. An, an interesting aspect is when we're both entrepreneurs, right? We're both leaders, right? So a, a strong wife, an entrepreneurial wife, that's strong, you know, type A. And it, so with that, it's like honoring that in her, but also trying to lead, but, but she was a natural born leader. And since she was five years old, she was in the mic and she led, she was at the front of the pack. And so it was kind of finding that balance of how does this work when she can still chase her dream? And we didn't figure it out until we knew that we had to like serve the Lord first. And at this, up to this point, we had done it all wrong, mm -hmm. right? With literally the Lord was like Sunday between nine and 10. And then the moment we left there, it was just kind of like, we were just checking the box. Just like she said. 
Yeah. And it's celebrated in culture, right? Like if you're an entrepreneur, you're supposed to hustle hard. You're supposed to more and more, more. It's like success, success, ambition, you know, all the things. And I think as, as believers, we constantly wrestle against that pull. We yeah. constantly wrestle to not just balance home and business, but to really prioritize. It's about rhythms and it's about prioritizing what's important. I know that you guys have walked through kind of like the carnage of what that has produced. Mm -hmm. And now that you're on the other side of it, like I can see that the joy, I can see the peace, I can see the working from a place of rest. And that's really the goal that we all need to get to. Tamara, what was the, the shining light moment, if you will, like that made you go from kind of where you were to I have this realization that this is not the way. There's more to life than yeah. just work, work, work. There's more to life than just success. Yeah, well, when you're caught red-handed, you always have a choice, right? And this is when you catch your little one who just, you know, shared a lie and like, no, I didn't have any chocolate and they have chocolate all over their mouth. And you're like, oh, really? Can you tell me more about that? Right? So I was essentially caught red-handed in not living out an integral life. And in that, that infidelity, I was like really in a space of this isn't what I want. I was stuffing and suppressing so much about my life that I had never even let out of the can. I had never shared with my own spouse. I had never talked to anybody about it. I had never gone to mental health therapy, counseling, nothing like that. Um, and so I was really living out of this, like, what does it look like to the world? And I, I love the analogy of the green mask um, in, with Jim Carrey, where he gets to a point in that movie where the mask is him. And when he goes out in public, that's what people expect there. That's their favorite version of themselves. And he got to the point where when he came home, he thought that was who he was supposed to be. He couldn't even get the mask off. And all he wanted to do was rest. And so when I was in that state of like, oh my gosh, I have chocolate all over my face. And now he knows I ate chocolate. I had a choice. And so that tombstone ideation is what do I really want out of life? And I knew in my heart of hearts what that was. I wanted peace. I wanted him. I loved him with all of my heart. I wanted to have a safe home for my kiddos. And I ended up having a radical encounter with Jesus in my living room with the first person who ever, I think ever really shared their raw, real testimony with us. That's right. And when it was the same person who married us. And so it was just this radical shift of, wow, I don't have to live unseen. I don't have to live isolated. I don't have to live depressed. I don't have to put on a facade for my own husband. I have a voice. I have a say. And there was like so much in all of that. But Jesus himself said the three things to me that I, I literally premised my life on and I help other people understand now is that I was fully seen. I was fully known. And the one word is, and I was still loved. Mm. And the fact that I am and the listener now, you are still loved. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No circumstances defines who you are. The only circumstance that defines you is Jesus. And Jesus already did and bore the sin and the weight of the shame or the guilt or the regret or anything that you are, are holding right now, whether it's you, it was put on you, or it was something somebody else did to you. I love that so much. You talked about the mask and what Jim Carrey was wearing for mm -hmm. the world. Do you feel like you wore a mask for Gary? Like, do you feel like oh, there yeah. was, okay, so tell us about like, what, what did that look like? Who was the real Tamara? And then who was Tamara hiding? I didn't know. 
Mm. It had been a lifelong experience that I really didn't know. Like we surely were best friends. I trusted Mm -hmm. him with everything. Like he knew my hobbies and my passions and the things that I wanted to go after, but he didn't know my darkness. Mm. He didn't know my secrets. He didn't know my struggles. He didn't know that part of my inmost being. We never did like official marriage counseling. We never, um, we never went there because we didn't even fight really, Dana. We, we always like relished over the fact that we've only fought five times in our whole relationship and we were like six years in. And that is not okay, no. right? Like there needs to be healthy conflict. <laughs> yes. And we didn't learn to communicate until we went through this season. And when I look back on like the Tamara, we just got to renew our wedding vows last year at 10 years. And when I look back at what our wedding was, our wedding was for everyone else. And it was not for us. I didn't know what love meant until I I came to know the love of the Lord and I came to know my identity in him. And yeah, like going through some of our incredible counseling sessions, which I don't know if you've had Dr. McLeese on or not. Well, Jesse's been on probably three times. She's amazing. She she he she was such a massive part of our healing. And um I wanna just give context to a part of this suppression has gone on for so long in my life that she count, she called it out within, I think like the first two sessions, she handed me this book. Um, and it was called, um, no stones and it was about sex addiction. And I was like totally thrown off. I'm like, no, like I've, I can count how many people I've been with. I was like, I don't know. She's like, can you just, just read it? Like, you don't know what you don't know until you start reading. And I remember I was about chapter two, three, and I fell to the floor in fetal position and had waves of images come over my mind about sexual abuse that had happened when I was younger and some of the dark things that then I started hiding from. Like I was in hiding closets when I was little playing hide and seek and I would literally found the porn magazines in our house and that's where I would hide every single time and no one knew what I was doing. Um, I I stumbled into cyber sex rooms when I was in middle school. Um, Sexting became a thing when phones became accessible. So I was hiding so much of my life because what was applauded, what was um, what other people found attractive was the goodness in me. And yet I was still struggling with the darkness of the shame of what had happened to me. Wow, Tamara, we have got to dig into that. We are going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Okay, we are back, Tamara. You just like 
set off a bomb a second ago, hiding from the sexual shame. And I think that I know for sure that there are many women who are listening today who have maybe never opened up to their husbands about past sexual abuse. I would have been one of them. I did not tell Sean about my past sexual abuse until seven, eight years ago. And we've been married for almost 25 years. So to go through a long season of marriage, hiding that part of myself because I was ashamed. And, you know, when you're a Christian, it's like, it's under the blood, you know, like we religialize everything. Right. And so for you to say like, wow, I had this um, unprocessed really trauma, like what I had experienced as a child, I'd never really dealt with it. I never really put two and two together. And that was actually causing you to hide from your husband. Like that is big. And I don't know if people make those connections very often. You said something about it was applauded. The greatness that that was in you was applauded. And I also think that, and I don't know if this is your story or not, but I know that for women who are overly sexual, like even in marriage, that nobody bats an eye at that. It's like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Like your husband is blessed, you know? But it's like, can we actually dig deeper and find out like, is that okay? Like, is that normal sexual expression or is she covering up something or is she expressing something that's actually not healthy? Which is a part of our story. I'd love to hear your like perspective of that, of just like, how I, how I showed up for you and I was doing it out of what I thought I was supposed to do as a woman, what I had been exposed to for so long as a woman, for sure. what magazines tell you to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the, the introduction to, um, when we first began relationship, yeah. you know, um, it was this out of the movie, out of the magazine style relationship, you know, and, um, in his, in his like fan, fantasy bases that sounds, it's not sustainable, right? Because like you said, there's this underlying, what is the trauma that's caused that, that's right? Good. And so there could be these moments where you're like, oh, that was amazing. But then you're like, wow, what hurt did it take to get to that place, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, I think that's, I, I, when we first met, I, I even felt that, um, that you were like wanting to really engage physically, obviously (laughs) really quickly. Right. And I was like, wait, wait, pump the brakes real quick. Like we got to, I need to know your middle name and I need to know like more about you. And like, I want to be, I think about my daughter, my nine year old right now. And I'm like, Oh, heaven's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and you know, it's, it's, you're, I'm so glad that we went through this. Oh, hundred percent. I'm so glad that we were chosen to, to, for this to be our testimony because for the generational curses to be broken, right? I couldn't, we have a daughter, we have a nine-year-old daughter and I could not imagine her walking through Mm this. Um, and I never would want her to walk through this. And I think there's an interesting piece to, to bring up Dana is like in the healing journey and now exposing all and bearing your soul and healing together because I had to heal separately from that. It was new information to me and I had to uncover who am I and also continue to love this man that I had committed my life to and like, do you really love me? do I really love you? Like I had to ask some like really hard conversations have really hard conversations. And I was so now again, um, me focused again, because I wanted to heal myself for this man that I felt like was already healed. 
And there ended up being after a couple of years of, of my healing and going in and getting my ordinations license and worship school and all these things where I was really just living sold out to the Lord and sold out to developing a home for the first time in my life. It was nothing I was ever exampled or shown as a little person, as a child. And really not even, I didn't even have a lot of examples in my own age bracket or up above us as far as mentorship goes. So what I'm leaning to is, is knowing that like when we are healing, there's still a lot of healing and a lot of energy that needs to be put into the spouse. And I neglected that yet again. And it led to the opposite scenario essentially unfolding with Gary. And I was just, I mean, we were both shocked. It was a devastating thing to walk through where we thought we were healed and then we were still broken. Let me jump in real quick and ask, I do want to hear from you, Gary. But so Tamara, let me just make sure that we're that we're setting this up so people understand that like you were doing a good thing. You're working on yourself. You're getting healing. You're, you're like in deep with the Lord. You're totally surrendered. You're doing all the things right. But there was a part that neglected really your husband's healing. And I don't think that what you're saying is you weren't responsible for his healing, but you weren't necessarily eyes on it. You weren't necessarily as focused on his healing. And so that created an open door for then now, Gary, you to walk through some stuff. So what happened on your end? Yeah, there was the chink in the armor. And that's exactly what it was. Is But the, the most important thing that you just said was that it wasn't her responsibility. Like that was the most important thing. Um, but it was exactly what, I mean, I, I stepped out of our marriage. Um, and this was after meeting with Dr. McLeese. This is after us going to church two, three times a week. This is after us praying together, right? So this is, it's it's like you're never fully exempt from hard times or chaos or additional trauma. And that was important to know. And I think that was an important lesson for us is like, mm-hmm. man, we're still, our marriage is still under fire, right? Because God's going to use us for good, mm-hmm. right? But the enemy's always going to try and slide in, right? And so there was, there was, uh, uh, that, that point where I slept as well. So are you have, I'm sure you've done a lot of work in this area, but have you identified what the open door was for you? Like, how did the enemy get a stronghold? How did he get his foot in there? What was the vulnerability for you? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, I I think it's just, it's so much, right? I mean, it's, it's, I don't think the catalyst was one specific thing. Um, this is, everything from childhood to addictions growing up to uh, responsibilities in the season of, um, I think it was just a, a, a culmination of, of a lot of things. And so then we started meeting with Dr. McLeese again, you know, and going through another probably year or two years of counseling. I mean, we probably spent four years with her total, um, and we were going sometimes two hours a session for two, three times a week. Mm. I mean, it was an abundance of, of just knowing that I remember before we met with Dr. McLeese, I had met with someone else and I was like, Hey, listen, a hundred percent. I don't want to get divorced. I'm going to tell you my story and a hundred percent. I don't even want you to mention it. And right after I told my story, they're like, but it just wants you guys to know that divorce is an option. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was, I was so clear with you that I don't want to do that. Right. And so we would, we, I got up and left and went to another person 
went in. And at this point, telling the story again, I'm like opening the wound again, right? With this fresh new personality, new relationship. And I was like, listen, I, I 100% don't want to get divorced. I want healing. I want restoration. We're willing to put anything into this. We're willing to do anything in this season. And they were like, hey, listen, I just want you to know. I don't know if anyone's ever told you, but I, I heard you at the beginning, but it, I just don't want you to feel like you're stuck, like their divorce is an option. And I got up and then I went for the third time and Jessica had opened the door and, and I had never met her. And I was like, okay, God, God has laid this lady in our relationship and she's going to be a, a tool to our success. Mm. And so, um, yeah. You know, a couple of things that you said, Gary, as far as like you said, none of us are exempt and that's such an important lesson for people to know. I posted an Instagram reel, I think last week, and it was a girl, it was a repost, but it was a girl who who her husband asked, hey, would you ever cheat on me? And she's like, absolutely. And, and like, at first you're like, what? Like, I can't <laughs> believe that she, but then she goes into why. She's like, anybody sure. is capable of doing this. Right. And so she talked about the lack of boundaries and, yeah. you know, how we have to be really armored up because That's the right. truth of the matter is, you know, I talk about this a lot with my clients that, the Bible talks about Satan being like an, uh, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is always prowling. He's like, imagine a robber outside your home right. and they're checking for the window. That's if right. the window's locked, they're going to go to the garage side door. If the yeah. garage side door, like he's always looking for an inroad. Sure. And so it's not that people who have affairs or commit adultery are evil. It's right. not that they are like careless and selfish all the time. Yes, there's an element of, of some of that, but really it's just an open door. That the enemy accesses. And so if we are not careful and if we feel like we are innocuous to, oh, I could never. I I always tell Sean, like, I don't say I could never do anything. We are all capable of doing anything given the wrong circumstances. And one decision away from it. One decision. Which should, as married people, put the fear of God in us. Not that we walk around afraid and like, you know, everyone's a danger or a threat because I don't believe that. But I do think that we have got to be aware. We have got to stay in touch with each other about like, hey, how are you? This is why I I tell my couples all the time, like doing these couple check-ins. You know, it might seem silly. Like, do we really need to check in? You really do. Yeah. You really do. Sean and I started doing something recently that's basically like an emotional wheel. And you go through all of the emotions that you are facing that day. And it doesn't take long. It takes like five minutes, you know, for you to go through that. But just doing those little practical steps along the way is what's going to help to shore up that foundation. It's going to help to keep those windows and doors locked so that when old girl comes knocking or old boy (laughs) (laughs) starts texting, you're like, I see you, Satan. You know what? Okay, because I'm not I'm aware I'm not blindly going into this thinking, well, I'm a Christian and my intentions are good and I'm not going to mess up. It's like. You know, for me, at least, like, you guys know our story, Sean and I, you know, went through infidelity. And because of that, like, my boundaries are so much stronger now than they were before. So how have you guys set new boundaries in your relationship? Not just sexually, obviously, like there's there, but like communication wise, like what are some new things that you had to put in place? Yeah, I think there's so many. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, what we started when we, what we really got into was like, it's called landscape design. So we, we were, we were like, you know what, we're going to be so intentional with designing our landscape, just the way, the same way as we have flowers in the yard and where the trees are planted in the yard and where our dishes are in the kitchen and the way that our food's placed in the fridge, right? That's we're designing that landscape. We're in charge of how that's put into place. And so when we identified what landscape design looks like for us, we're able to, um, stay aligned with that. 
and know that we're in charge of those things, right? And it's it's so environmental, you know. Um, if we can stay out of unhealthy environments, and I, I would say in that same season, uh, well, it was after the season, but four and a half years ago, we stopped drinking alcohol, right? Because there's this social lubricant and then it drops walls. And I'm not saying that it's bad for everybody, but, and we weren't addicted to alcohol, but it, it wasn't beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, and it was, and it can be a slippery slope. Right. Um, and, and so I, I think that landscape design was starting to take away things that are not healthy yep. and starting to implement things that are healthy. And I'll give some more examples on what some of those things were. And it's going to potentially sound to people like, wow, they're prudes, but we have so much fun. We can be the life of the party. Like I don't ever even think of it like that. But when I tell people about these, I can, I can see their facial expressions changing, but I honestly think it's just out of a spirit of like sweet conviction that the Lord is actually giving them an opportunity or an invitation to try. But some of those things that we did to get to this point was we stopped going to the movies and I love movie theater, but we literally stopped going to any secular movies at all for years. We still don't go see anything that you see that just comes out. It's only Christian based that we'll watch. We stopped listening to um, all secular music. So we only listen to worship music. We, I mean, we were the, the country mega pass holders, right? Like we went to everything, but I had literally lived out a country music album and I did not want to hear about it anymore. I was like, no, I, that's actually getting inside of your narrative. If you know every word to those songs and you don't know scripture, right. what do you think is going to come out of the way in which you live? or the things that come out of your mouth, or better yet, what are you repeating to yourself? And so we stopped doing those things. Another thing is we started um, the practice of minimalization and we started getting rid of, it was funny actually, God had us go through in our home a full renovation about a year before this situation even unfolded. And I remember feeling naked and afraid inside of my own house because we had knocked down all the walls and created an open floor concept. And when I went to go put all my things and my knickknacks and my acquisitions and all this stuff up on the wall and there was no walls, I had to start releasing things that I thought uh, defined me, that I thought were important, that I thought when someone walked to my home, man, they're going to see this thing and this, they're going to really how happy our family is because we've got all these pictures everywhere. And I was so like, I'm always seen. I can't get alone here. I can't, I have no privacy. And that was actually a part of how the discovery started was he was like noticing things about me and I was noticing things about me. And I just realized like, I've never been found out. Mm. I've never been seen. I've always been allowed to hide in the corner or put something in front of me that was a facade of what looked good. So allowing yourself to go through these practices of minimization in what is healthy to you versus what is unhealthy. And it's, it's so small, that variable, like you said, it's like one decision away, the variables of exposure. I did not want images flashing through my mind. I did not want curiosity to be peaked to put my mind down a rabbit hole. Things for him is like unfollowing, getting off certain social media things that are just, he's not on TikTok for that reason. It's just exposure is everywhere. And it's an enemy tactic that becomes, like you said, an open door to something more. Because yes. porn is not porn if it's not on a porn site, but it's on a social media site, right? Mm. 
And that's a lie. It's not me actually exploring another life outside of my marriage. If I am imagining myself in this song with some guy, like, no, like these are things that are actually creating invitations. You're developing a landscape that is allowing you to perceive safety because it's been normalized. So going to a brewery, going to happy hour, going to these places that everyone goes to because that's the expectation. It's not, not actually safe to go share a bottle of wine with your employees and your, your boss every single Friday night. Mm -hmm. what, what about that is safety when you have a home and you have children at home waiting for you? Mm -hmm. So I hope that helps people ideate, like, what could I be doing that is, is a little bit away from what is covenant love? You said so much that, you know, the normalization and Gary, I definitely want you to respond to that, but I don't want people to just walk away from that thought that because it seems normal, we full stop. We're just like in it, you know, and that is the thing that we need to be aware well, of. Gary, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that normalization is something where we just have to identify, is it selfish or is it selfless? Yeah. Right. And if it's selfish to go to happy hour with your work team every Friday from seven to nine, when you do have wife and kids at home, selflessly, we need to be at home. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, with that landscape design, movies, videos, TV, um, music, music um, it was everything, yeah. food. It was Christian not secular mm. in gyms. that, in gyms that season, is a good one. Yeah, gyms. The, the place that you work out, or we talked about my being able to pour into a bunch of other people. Mm. It was not until after this season of healing that I launched my business fit and faith and started the founder collective. And for a long duration of that time, I only was working with women. I was only going to an all women's gym. And now I've been able to have conversations with Gary and say, Hey, you know, this is an opportunity. How do you feel? What do you think? And everyone knows that I position Gary in front of me, even though he, you might see me first, like he is very much a protector in my life and he gets to hear the things that are happening before other people do. So having now open lines of communication on, I feel safe doing this, but do you feel safe with me doing this good. are really important things. So me traveling all over the country, like that was a real conversation to be like, how are you feeling? Yes. I've gotten all these invitations and it seems super glorious, but like that's hard on our marriage if he in his mind is thinking something else is transpiring the whole time I'm gone, which we're now over that. Thank God. Yeah. But that was a, that was a real conversation. And it was my selflessness that I had to put before me because he could have said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable you joining that man's mastermind and staying in a house with men and women for the next week. Like I now get to do these things freely. So don't think that we're in bondage just because you've walked through something hard. You get to operate in freedom, but it's because you have a savior who has gotten you to the place of righteousness and you have a Holy Spirit that is inside of you that dwells to make and help your decisions for your landscape design. This is not just Gary and Tamara's idea. The Holy Spirit convicted me the day that I gave up alcohol, didn't say a word to him. And within 24 hours, he says, I see you, I'm in. We didn't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. It was just a knowingness. Yeah. So I'm excited for people as they're listening to this, like maybe they're doing this by themselves and they don't feel like their spouse is yet on board or they're not in a healing state to be able to do that. I would encourage you to, to do it on your own mm -hmm. and see what the Lord will do through your obedience and through your surrender of what is essentially normalized. But let's just take it. Uh, what it really is, is just what is comfortable. 
Yeah. Comfort is not where God calls us. He calls us to be risk takers for his love. Yeah, we live a totally different life than we did when we first got married. And it is so freeing. And, you know, I think about this, the cost, obviously, anything that is, you know, high, high rewards, you know, they require a high cost. And I think that that is something that a lot of times people do not reconcile in their thinking. We all want the good marriage. We all want the healthy marriage. We all want, you know, the mm -hmm. loving marriage. But what are you willing to do to get that? And yeah. I love the analogy of not only physically were you all going through this renovation and, you know, it was the analogy was not lost on me, the tearing down of walls and yeah. being bare and open. And that basically that's what vulnerability is. It's being open and naked and not ashamed, which is something that I teach all the time. And that is the will of God for our marriages. So the fact that you all said, okay, Hey, we're, we're, we look great on the outside. Nobody would ever know, yep. you know, nobody would ever know, but there's more, there's more to this than just what appears on the outside. And so we are willing to go through some great lengths to get what we know is God's best for us. And for someone else, you know, it might not be, okay, maybe we're not telling everybody you can't go to the movies to tell everybody, like you have to look at where are your weak spots? That's you know, right. like for me, I don't watch TV. So taking away movies wouldn't be any <laughs> sacrifice for me. Right, there right. are other things that would be a great sacrifice. And so I think that people need to start thinking about, okay, where are the areas of my life that there are potential open doors? Again, this doesn't mean that you're a bad person. doesn't mean that you have bad intentions, but where are the open doors? Where are the places where I have normalized sinful behavior? Let's just call it yeah. what it is. You know, where have I normalized what the culture says is okay you know, again, even going back to what I was saying earlier about being over-sexual and, you know, yeah. sex is great and it's a, an important part of marriage, but it is not the only part of marriage. There's right. so right. many other facets. And so this is kind of one of my gripes sometimes that I have with the church, Big C Church, is yeah. that we, we over-focus on the sexual intimacy to the detriment of the emotional intimacy, the in intellectual intimacy, the spiritual intimacy, which yeah. is really, the, in my opinion, the most important intimacy. Yeah. So Tamara and Gary, the fact that you all have been able to walk this out with integrity and not perfection, but with integrity and say, we are willing to give up these things. We are willing to surrender some things that are quite fun. And that for a lot of people would just seem okay, but these are the things that our marriage needs so that we can create those boundaries so that it is protected. And I yeah. just want to thank you for your example. I want to thank you guys for what you've shared today. And I know that there are many couples who are right now, like, okay, I'm about to get out my, my notepad or my iPad <laughs> mm -hmm, and I'm about mm -hmm. to start writing some stuff down. And that's yeah. really our hope is that this conversation would, would encourage couples to like, let's take the next step and make this really practical. Yeah. So I just want, as we close to, if people do want to know more about you, Tamara, obviously I'm going to link to all of your things in the show notes, but yeah. if they just want to hear, like, is there, have you guys, I guess not Gary, if this is only like the second podcast I've ever been on, but I just believe, I just want to speak over you that God is going to start using your story. Like your business story is amazing, but like God is going to begin to use your marriage story to mm -hmm. set so many couples free so that people can see the building blocks of how to do this. Because I think that it's not necessarily people don't want to do the work, but it's how do I do the work? I feel so disconnected. I have so much resentment. I'm hiding 
you know, how do I even stop hiding? Like people need those kind of practical steps. Yeah. So and time, I think is a huge conversation in that too. I don't have time to invest in this, right? I have to keep going. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to do all these things. And we took a massive time out to life and people don't seemingly have that luxury, but we didn't either. We went into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to stay married. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. I'm really just grateful for your life and your testimony and for where the Lord is going to use this conversation to really help couples who are struggling. Y'all, the boundaries were on point. Let me tell you something. Some of you are sitting there thinking there's no way that I could restrict myself or my marriage that much. I don't think there's anything wrong with this or that. And that's fine. Again, like I said, everything that they shared is not for everybody. However, as I also said, no risk, no reward. So if you want to keep being comfortable, as Tamara said, then you just keep on being comfortable. Like I said in the intro, you get to choose. So if your marriage is in a place where you need a landscape design, where you need to rehaul the thing, tear it down and start all over, you get to choose. And those of you who need to invest in your marriage, it is time out for you sitting on the sidelines thinking, I don't know if we can invest. Listen, if your marriage is important to you, you're going to invest whatever is needed to make that marriage thrive. I have tried to make this super easy for you guys. I've got an online course. I've got group coaching. I've got individual coaching. There's so many things that I offer for you to help your marriages get out of the stuck places that you're in. But you don't have to come to me. This is not about me selling my product. This is about you getting the help and the support that you need. So either come to me or go to somebody, but do what you need to do so that you can reset your marriage. I love this whole idea of landscape design. So again, Tamara, Gary, thank you so much for what you all shared today. I'm going to link to Tamara. I'm going to link to Gary. Gary's also a business owner, FYI. So for those of you guys who are in the 757 Hampton Roads, Coastal Virginia, whatever we're calling ourselves nowadays, for those of you all who are in the local area, I will link to, he has a brick and mortar business. I'll link to that um, because I believe in small businesses supporting small businesses. And then of course, I'll link to all of Tamara's offerings in the show notes of this podcast, which you can find at Real Relationships Hot dot com forward slash 205. Thank you all so very much for being here. I love you all. May your relationships be prosperous. And remember, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Wow, you stayed all the way to the end. You, my friend, are the real MVP. Thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. The show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.